0: Second intermission here at J. Tom Lawler Rink with the score Merrimack 2. St. Lawrence nothing. Our second intermission is brought to you by the Merrimack Graduate School at Merrimack. You can earn your master's degree in just one year. Merrimack offers graduate programs in business, science, and engineering and education and social policy. Log on to merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Mike Mac and John Leahy with you. And Mike McMahon from the Mac Report joining us here in the second intermission. Well, uh, Mike, just thinking about after the first period, So Merrimack, maybe some first period jitters last night, their first real period of the season. One-to-one score after that one. Since then, they've outscored Clarkson and St. Lawrence 8 to nothing.
1: Yeah, it was one of the things that I talked about last night after the game was, you know, I thought that they needed to do a a better job getting off to a better start. Because I I do agree, I think last night there was some nerves and some jitters, that was pretty clear. and uh, They were probably lucky to get out of that period 1-1, which is a little weird to say because they... You know, we're leading for most of that period, or at least had to lead until uh, Clarkson scored about 30 seconds left. But yeah, since then, these last uh, these last four periods anyway have been, have been as complete of periods I think we've seen them play in, in some time. All right, so we're five periods into the weekend. Let's talk about
0: what we like, what we didn't like so far. I think what you have to like the speed has been there. It's been evident in both of these games, even even against a a faster team tonight in St. Lawrence than Clarkson is. They, they, that's just I mean the, the way that both programs are at this point in the evolution. St. Lawrence, I think, is a faster team under Greg Garble. Merrimack has been as quick tonight.
1: Yeah, that was one of the things I was looking for, because I thought that they would be able to utilize their speed a little more tonight than last night, only because Clarkson, at least last year, especially the two games we saw here last year, does such a good job of... of uh, getting in the way and not really allowing the fast teams to play really fast. I thought that uh, they'd have a better opportunity to showcase some of that speed that, that, you know, the coaching staff. You
0: know, know, just to come back to that, too, about last night, I thought that as the game went along, the adjustments Merrimack na- made enabled them to to get past that. You know, yeah. Clarkson's ability to to neutralize the speed yeah. it, it diminished as the game went on.
1: It did. It was there in the first period, and then I thought the second period is what Merrimack started to take it away, uh, and especially in the third period too. We saw some a lot of on man rushes coming into the zone, and, and I thought you'd have a better opportunity to sort of see some of their speed tonight uh, because I think playing a faster team like St. Lawrence, it had the uh, potential to get to a little more of a track meet at times. Uh, it, this game really hasn't done that uh, but, but still you, you've seen how fast they are and how much faster they are not, not just with foot speed either I think that their decisions are being made quicker they're a puck a lot quicker the whole pace to their game seems to be a lot quicker you know it wasn't exactly the same type of goal but Sini's goal,
0: I flashed back to the one against Notre Dame. Did you as well? Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to say Notre Dame, yeah. yeah.
1: No, I know, I think that Notre Dame goal, he had circled center ice in the neutral zone before he went back down on the left wing side. But uh, yeah, real similar, just sort of end-to-end type of rush. I mean, he's he does some things that, that make you say, wow. And I think more so similar in the fact that they were both
0: wow kind of goals. And that's really what I meant. They, they were different, but in both cases, his speed was on display and, and really was a factor in him scoring the goal.
1: Yeah, one of the things that's really impressive about him, too, is he does not he's, he's really good at controlling the puck with that speed. You know, sometimes you got guys that are really fast, but their hands can't keep up with their feet and they have a hard time keeping the puck on their stick. Uh, he's real good at keeping a really good puck control for a guy uh, that's that fast. And I think even when he's at top speed, he has really good puck control.
0: Power play maybe could be a little better, although I thought the first time around they looked pretty good, generated some good chances, especially the senior unit where I think the speed, again, was a factor. But overall, one for five. Last night, and, and remember they had a major at the end, too, which five minutes they weren't able to score on, although it did come really during garbage time in the game tonight. Uh, over to your thoughts on the power play. I mean, it still looks to me like. Like, like a
1: work in progress. It's going to be better a month from now than it is now. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think you're going to see that with a lot of teams. Uh, you know, not many teams have had a lot of time to work on special teams at this point in the year. They're only a couple of weeks into practice. And uh, I agree that that at the end of last night. I sort of looked at that as being a, uh, a situation where they were almost like trying to kill time than, than score a goal. I mean, were, I'm, I'm sure you're trying to score a goal every time you're out there. But uh, there wasn't a lot of urgency, and I, and I think it's hard to have a lot of urgency when you have a 7-1 lead with four or five minutes left in the game, I'm much that was, time, that was left at the time. Mike, next week we get into Hockey's play. UMass Lowell is here on Friday. We're going there Saturday. What are your thoughts on the Riverhawks initially? Uh, well, they seem like a team that you'd think would play pretty similar to Clarkson. That, uh, a little more defensive, and, and we've seen them over the last couple of years, how good they are in their own end. And uh, I, I know in the preseason, one of the things I, I'd say about them when talking about Lowell, uh, people seem to, to not be picking them near the top of the league. And, and when I say near the top, I mean first or second. I picked them to win league uh, just because they they bring back so many guys that they bring back and uh, they they seem to be plug- and play at this point I mean it almost doesn't matter who they bring in uh, they're recruiting guys to fill the system that they want to play and over the last three or four years that system has resulted in some hockeys championships and some some pretty good teams so uh, at this point I think until until proven otherwise uh, they're gonna be a pretty tough team to play against probably one of one of the harder teams to play against I think in the entire league you know that's my take on Lowell as well I Put them in the
0: same category of BC, and and that, in other words, with tremendous respect, and in that. Uh, unless they prove me otherwise, that's where I'm putting them. I'm putting those two teams right at the top of the league because that's where they've been ending up. That's where their coaches have gotten them over the last few years. Yeah,
1: I mean, even and more so for BC. Even this year too. I mean, people have talked about all oh, when they look at Lowell, where's the weaknesses? And people say, well, the goaltender. You know, Kevin Boyle's not Connor Halabuck. Well, he wasn't Connor Halabuck last year either, and that didn't seem to be a you know a problem. Uh, he might not have a 9.35 save percentage, but it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 9.10. And uh, to, to counteract that, they, they've allowed less shots last year than they did the year before, so uh, they seem to, to be able to, to make it work with whoever they have, and I think you know, they're, they're recruiting guys that fit that system that they want to play, which is tight defensively. One of the things that a common complaint, I think you hear among Lowell fans, is why aren't they going after these blue-chip recruits? You don't hear them ever being in on the, the guys that are going to BU or BC, and uh, my response to that, when, when Lowell people ask me, is like, well, what, what, why? Like, what does it matter? They seem to be doing okay doing what they're doing. What they're doing. So uh, I think they're recruiting, to, and it's a lot of older guys, too, and we've seen Merrimack do that at times as well, too, So recruit a lot of 20-year-old players. And they seem to be recruiting players to fit that system that Norm Basing wants to play, and uh, so far it's worked for them. And,
0: and it's really been... You know, and again, I'm going to say this with, with a tremendous amount of respect. It's been a lot like the Patriots plug-and-play kind of system where, you know, you have a guy that gets hurt. You've got another guy waiting in the wings to be able to step in and do that job. They haven't been putting guys on the all East team, for example, except for Hellebuck over the last couple of years. But they haven't needed to because everybody, uh, you know, throughout the lineup, up and down the lineup, has been
1: doing their job and doing it well. Yeah, and they probably defend their net better than any team in the league, probably better than any team in the country the last couple of years. Uh, You know, We've seen it, whether it's Connor Hellebuck or or Kevin Boyle, uh, play the puck gets in near the crease, and it's not just the goaltender trying to make the save. It's the goaltender and three or four other players that are down on their knees or laying on the ground trying to block a shot right in the paint. Uh, They make it very difficult to score goals.
0: And then at the same time, quick to get back up the ice when there is an opportunity. And, 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 you know, you may not have, you may have 12, 12, forwards out there, none of which are going to lead the league in scoring. But you also know that any
1: of these twelve can score the goal, the goal, the big goal, given the opportunity. Yeah, and they've had some good players come through there in this run too. Scott Wilson, I think his freshman year was one of the leading scorers in the league, and just sort of stayed there. You know, usually you see guys take big jumps. He was a consistent thirty five point score for yeah. three years before he signed with Pittsburgh. Yeah, he didn't blow you away. That's the yeah. thing, but he was still consistent. That seems. That seems to be to me like to me that that's been low the last three or four years. It's just been consistent. They, they've just. Been consistent. They haven't really uh, taken any steps back, really, since they've been near the top of the league. So, what does Merrimack need to do? I mean, opening hockey is play next week.
0: I think you've got to get at least a split that weekend to set yourself up for the for the following games to come in hockey. But especially, you know, against a good team like Lowell, you got to get points from them.
1: Yeah, and I, I think uh, that could be what separates them in what might be a really crowded middle of the pack. Uh, you know, I, I think the top three is probably the top three, and I pick BC, BU, and Lowell. Uh, Providence, I have right outside that top three, probably the fourth team. And then really, I think five through 10 at least, maybe five through 11, are all really close. So what's going to separate that big, giant middle of the pack? I think it's going to be who can get points against the top teams in the league. All right, Mike McMahon with us from the MAC Report. You have the MAC Report Coaches Show as well
0: coming up every Tuesday night, 6 p.m. on WMCK, and also you post the audio li- uh, online at uh, Afterwards, uh, from your interview with Mark Dennehy and the Player of the Week as well, the player
1: that you have on that week, and uh, so anything big coming up this week that you guys will be talking about? I don't know the player. Uh, Coach Dennehy usually schedules the player. We usually I usually find out Sunday or Monday. Uh, I know we've had for people that are trying to tune in live, we've had some issues with the live feed uh, the last two weeks. I think it's starting to get straightened out, so uh, you could tune in live. That'd be great. If you you don't, obviously, like uh, like you said, Mike, we I have the audio that I usually post uh, later in the evening on Tuesday once I finally get it to upload because it's a pretty big file. But uh, get that uploaded on Tuesday so you can at least listen on demand. But uh, hopefully that we're trying to get that live feed worked out, I think. Uh, they're working some of the kinks out. I mean, they just started a couple of weeks ago. So uh, trying to get all the, the kinks worked out uh, w- uh, with the live feed portion of it. All right, great. Thanks
0: a lot, Mike. And folks, tune in to him on the Mac Report, Coach's Show, and, of course, check out all his work at themacreport.com, College Hockey News, Eagle Tribune as well. Thanks, Mike. No, I'm everywhere. King of all media, right? Yeah, thanks. You know, you follow Pierre McGuire, and you, 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 you're, you like, beyond him in terms of all media. So <laughs> nothing against Pierre, of course. Thanks, Mike. All right, that's Mike McMahon, been our guest. Merrimack leads St. Lawrence 2-0. After 2, John and I are back with the exciting third period. Right after this, this is Warrior Hockey.